Hi friend, you're listening to the Desire His Renown podcast, where we exist to create space to have hard, holy conversations that lead us to ultimately desiring His renown. If we don't know each other, I'm Emily, and I'm so glad that you're here. Today I'm joined by Chris Dotson, who is the next-gen pastor at a local church here in Tampa, and we're going to be walking through the topic of doubt. Is it a sin? Is it beneficial in our walk with the Lord? And how can we combat it? Let's dive in. Chris, welcome. Thank you so much for joining in on this conversation. Well, yeah, I'm really honored to be a part of it. Thank you for asking me to. So before we dive in, what are two to three things that sum up who Chris Dotson is? Um, I would say, first and foremost, Chris Dotson is a follower of Jesus. Uh, I am a husband to Rachel and daddy to Rosie and Remington. So, uh, yeah, it's me in a nutshell. So jumping in to the first question... Has doubt ever played a role in your walk with the Lord? And if so, what did it look like? Yeah, you know, for me, uh, so I grew up in a um, in a home where my, my parents were believers and I was taught the gospel at a very young age, uh, grew up in a church setting. Uh, but I was always, I would say, just a curious person, um, someone who asked a lot of questions, uh, I mean, you know, probably my, my, my most famous thing that I would say to my back to my parents in response to being told to do something was why. And so uh, always ask questions. Um, always even, I would say, from a young age had probably would call them doubts as much as those could be to certain things in Christianity. As I got older in the middle school, early high school, um, you know, would bring those to leaders and the church and, and whatnot and never really got kind of satisfactory answers either I was kind of blown off or just told hey go read this book like kind of given the 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 idea that like to doubt was to to not have faith at all so I wrestled with these questions had a lot of uh things that I just didn't couldn't answer didn't know um and uh when my parents were uh, when I was uh, uh probably sophomore year high school or so my parents hit like a rough patch in their marriage and kind of watching them go through that, and I would say watching just the humanity of who they were for the first time, gave me the excuse that I was looking for to just discount God altogether. Now, um, part of that was just um, I was emotionally distraught because of what was happening with my parents, and uh, God was like an easy punching bag, so to speak. Uh, so I let my doubts kind of take over me and declared myself an atheist. Uh, decided that um, I, I didn't believe any of this. And so then I kind of became, you know, we talk about Christians being one foot in the world, one foot in the church kind of thing. I was the opposite, um, but from like an atheist point of view. So when I was uh, going to church or if I would go to church with my family, I wouldn't tell any of them what I really felt, kind of keep to myself. But then at school, I was the kid who was trying to debate everybody and tell everybody why they were dumb for believing in God, that kind of thing. Um, and so that, that lasted for, for a year or so, uh, and really deep, significant doubts about God, really tough questions that I was wrestling with, uh, that again, um, I, I didn't seem to be able to find answers to, but I would say that for me, the, the doubt aspect was, I, I kind of used intellect. Intellect was the facade, right? Like, these philosophical questions about God, like why does a good God let bad things happen? And how do we know Jesus really existed? And can we trust the Bible? Like those were kind of the facade for really deeper doubts that I had about God's character, especially a lot of things that were going on in my family and my own personal life. And 
Um, and that lasted for a couple years until I had a moment in my life where not every question was answered, but the Lord began to reveal himself to me in a tangible way through who he was, through his character, and kind of began that journey. I wouldn't say out of doubt, uh, but began to doubt in a healthy way that didn't drive me away from God, but actually closer to him. Yeah, that I love how you said like doubting in a healthy way. Because I feel like, you know, when we talked about this episode a few weeks ago, we were talking about that and just... There is, like, healthy doubt that's in a relationship with the Lord, and there's also unhealthy doubt. Um, So for me, I went through a lot of unhealthy doubt. You know, I went through most of my life fully believing in who God is. Like, I never thought doubt would be something that I struggled with, like, 15 years into following Jesus. So when early November 2021 hit, I felt like I got to a place where I kind of just came to the end of myself, you know, the trauma, the pain, the memories of things that either happened to me or done to me just flooded my mind and my heart. And different connections were being made, and I didn't know where to go from, like, that point on. Like, I didn't know how to handle it. I didn't know how to process all the things. And so I reached out to someone from church who I knew could somewhat relate to me. And so we met to talk through all the things and just explain, the like, everything and I remember feeling like so seen and known and heard and loved and I was excited and feeling very thankful for someone who was going to walk so closely with me in that next season and chapter of life of healing and later that night I was at a church service and they started singing goodness of God and everything came rushing to the forefront of my mind and at that point I had ran outside just trying to like catch a breath and compose myself and that's when the question hit that I feel like a lot of people struggle with in life at some point in time and you know if God was so good how could he let all of these things happen to me like where was he why didn't he intervene why did he let this happen and like allow me to go through this and You know, instead of taking that question to God and getting his perspective, I let that question fuel my life literally for months. And, you know, I let it separate my heart from the Lord's and my heart was very hardened towards the Lord. And so I got to the point where my I was experiencing that doubt. I separated my heart from the Lord's. My heart was hardened. And I practically wanted nothing to do with him. Like, quite literally wanted nothing to do with him. So this went on for months. And if you were around me at all in that season, aside from the, like, few core people who knew, and, you know, even then, I don't think they even really fully realized the severity of my doubt because I just didn't want to let them in on that. And, but for other people that just were around me in that season, they probably wouldn't have known how much doubt I was dealing with or even how hard my heart was towards the Lord. Cause you know, I still showed up to church. I was still serving, but mostly because I didn't want to start answering questions as to why I wasn't there. And then having to admit to people that I had so much doubt. So church became more about seeing friends than having anything to do with God. And so fast forward a couple of months to New Year. So New Year of 2022, I went to Passion that year with a couple of friends. And that, like that conference, I remember the night before the conference started, I was in a hotel room with 
a couple of friends that I was with, and we were just talking about, like, where do we want to see God move in our life, and how do we want to see him move or, like, speak to us at this conference, and I just remember, like, I didn't really fully know. I knew at that point I was at a place where I wanted to just feel something. You know, I had pretty much numbed out the last few months before conference and with all of the doubt and the triggers and the situations I was in all of the things like I just numbed out and I used things of the world to try to numb me and it didn't work or it would work for a little bit and I'd still just not be like fully satisfied because you can only be fully satisfied in Jesus and you know I didn't like fully believe that in the moment and so I just remember at that point I was like I don't even really care I just want to feel something and so I was just praying for the Lord to just meet me where I was I think it was also just very hesitant prayers of you know I really still had a bunch of doubt in the Lord but I was also like I don't know like Lord I think you could do this and just you know meet me where I'm at whatever like just praying like prayers of just whatever and let me tell you guys he is faithful he wrecked my life multiple times at this conference So the first night, I remember within the first couple of songs, they introduced a new song called Beautiful Jesus by Passion, and they sang it, and the, literally the first four verse, or the first, like, verse of the song says, let my heart not forget, let my heart return again to the wonder of a king, to the nearness of a friend, and I'm, I'm, like, literally, I don't know if I've said this on an episode before, or whatever, but I'm not a crier. I do not cry unless it's like a bad situation, but I started bawling my eyes out because I was just like, oh my goodness, yes, yes, like Lord, bring me back to this place, and you know, that's exactly what he did. Walls started coming down, softening of my heart started happening. I still had these like questions and doubts in the back of my mind, but like they were starting to get a lot quieter. So the next day, the Lord also wrecked my life using Jackie Hill Perry's message, which was so good. I love Jackie Hill Perry. She's amazing. And she said one thing that changed my life forever. She said, if God is holy, that means he cannot sin. If God cannot sin, it means he cannot sin against you. And if God cannot sin against you, doesn't that make him the most trustworthy being that exists? And when I tell you, my life changed forever that day, and I have never been the same since that day because in that moment the Lord moved me from a place of deep unbelief to a place of deep and full belief in who he was so now anytime that I've had doubt creep in I remind myself of that quote and the faithfulness of God in my life because being moved from deep unbelief has not only deepened my trust in the Lord it's also led me to a place of full surrender of my life and honestly less stress and anxiety And, you know, if you've ever read John 20, 24 through 29, this passage talks about a man named Thomas who had deep unbelief or honestly basically refusal to believe in God without seeing where the nails had been in Jesus's hands. And eventually Jesus met with Thomas and showed him where the nails had been. And he then moved Thomas from a place of deep unbelief to the place of full belief too. And so when I read this, I had like read it before and I read the passage before but I love like because scripture is alive and active and like living and breathing that you can read like the same passage over and over and 
then still like read it with like fresh eyes and get a whole new perspective so that's what happened in this moment when I read this after having gone through the season of doubt and I just related so much to Thomas and maybe you can too so in the midst of my doubt I needed God to basically like slap me across my face in a sense and give me proof that he was good despite all the things that I had endured and that is something that I had prayed for the few times I prayed in that season so but Jackie Hill Perry was that for me and boy am I so thankful for just the intentionality of God and his kindness and his faithfulness that really just gives us exactly what we need when we need it. So moving on to the next question, is it wrong or considered a sin to doubt? Mm, that's a good question. Well, again, I think that there is a difference between doubt and straight up unbelief. Yeah. Like, Unbelief is a direct denial of the claims of Jesus, the person of Jesus, that kind of thing. Um, and, and that is sin, right? And like that is what like ultimately we are repenting of when we choose to follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, but doubt in and of itself is not necessarily unbelief. There are moments all throughout the scripture. I mean, you just gave one moment from Thomas where it's not as though someone is uh, making the direct decision to not believe. Uh, they just have questions. They're seeking clarity or certainty or that kind of thing. So no, I don't think, I mean, what is sin? Sin is, um, sin is when we essentially operate outside of God's design, right? And I think that like for us, when it comes to doubt in and of itself, um, I think that there is an element of it that can lead to sin, but I don't think the actual act of doubting at all is, is sin. And, and the reason why is because we are told to love the Lord our God with all our heart, all our soul, and all of our mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing about our our mind is that our mind, it, it, it operates on facts and it operates on evidence. Uh, and, you know, Hebrews defines faith as like the assurance of what we do not see, right? Mm-hmm. So there is an element to faith um, that is, I don't know, maybe blind that might not be the right word but where there there is a uh, uncertainty still and there is a requirement to trust but i love there's a story in the gospels about this man who comes to jesus and he uh, wants jesus to heal um his child and uh jesus you know says do you do you believe that i can heal them and the man just says no uh, but help my unbelief i think that's the spirit of doubt that is healthy and not sinful it's when we ask genuine questions about God, but we're asking those questions with the assurance that he is a God who will answer them, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the reality of what we have seen happen the last, I don't know, 10, 20 years in Christianity is that people have taken their doubts about God and maybe a culture that's been built around doubt in the church or a culture that's been built around questions. And because they felt like they're doing it like the act of doubting itself is is in and of itself this evil wrong thing they basically let their doubts take over and they've deconstructed their faith Mm -hmm. right and they've torn down um orthodox christianity they've torn down their beliefs that are that are that are based in scripture for things that are more palatable or things that they think will alleviate their the doubts that they have about god and i think that like the healthy way to doubt in a way that's not sinful is that 
doubt, ask questions, deconstruct your faith, but reconstruct it based upon the foundation of Jesus. Yeah. I think that all of us, we have elements of our understanding of God that, that are based upon the context we grew up in, right? Maybe the way our parents raised us, the type of church that we were a part of. And I think as every person has done their best to try to follow Jesus, we have, and, and unfortunately, like in certain capacities, just made God in our own image in certain categories. So yeah, as you have questions about those things, I think that it's healthy. Let's deconstruct, let's tear down what is man-made so that we can base our relationship with the Lord completely on what is God-made, on Jesus mm-hmm. himself. So no, I don't think it's, I don't think it is a sin to doubt. I think that the key is that in our, it's, it's, you know, there's that line from Paul that says like, be angry and do not sin. I think, I mean, he never said this, so I'm not trying to put words in God's mouth, but like, in my mind, it's like doubt, but do not sin, right? Have questions. God can handle your tough questions. He Mm -hmm. can handle your curiosities. Doubt, but, but do not sin, I think is what I would say. Honestly, I wish that's something I would have known when I struggled with my doubt, because whenever I was in that season, I was going through so many different emotions that instead of running to Jesus, like I said earlier, like I ran to like thing after thing of the world and not Jesus. And so I think kind of like what you're saying, like that's one, an example of like that unhealthy doubt because you're not dealing with those questions and seeking the honest answers based off things that like the Lord says or like even like wise counsel. And so that's something, like, I wish I would have known. But, like, going forward, like, that is something that I've learned mm-hmm. and that I'm able to speak into other people's lives. And knowing that he really doesn't, like, he's not scared of your questions because he knows. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's all-knowing and nothing surprises him. I was literally talking about that with the Lord earlier this week. I'm just like, Lord, here's, like, what I'm needing right now or, like, needing your perspective on. But I'm like, it doesn't surprise you. I'm like, and why should I, like, act like it does surprise you? Well, I think as well when it comes to doubt – I think we have to just be careful that, you know, so like I have, so I have a toddler, I have a three-year-old and she, she, she questions why I tell her what to do all the time. Right. Part of that is just her as a development, as a human being, yada, yada, yada. But there are, there are things that she'll ask me questions about, right? We go on a walk and I say, Hey, don't do that. Don't touch that. Don't run over there. Whatever. And she might ask why or, you know, what's the big deal or whatever it might be. And she might doubt what I'm telling her in that moment. Yeah. But that's not what is getting her into, like, high waters, dangerous waters. It's not that she's asking me clarity or rationale behind something. Mm. What's bad is when she hears what I say and then she still does it. Yeah. So, hey, don't go over and play in, in that part of the woods. Why? Well, because there's poison ivy there, and if you play in there, you're going to get a rash. Okay, I'm still going to go do it, right? Yeah. Like, that's sinful, mm-hmm. right? And I think that for us, sometimes what we do is we ask God questions, we we doubt God, and God gives us answers. He gives us his word. He provides clarity, and then we go, yeah, I still doubt that. Mm-hmm. That's 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 unbelief. That's not trusting God. And I think that for us, it's, it's we have to step into, again, if we trust first and foremost— that like the character of God has to reveal to us in scripture, then we then we should trust the rationale behind what he says, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Again, doesn't mean you won't have questions about it. Um, but I think that for us we have to we have to step into this reality, understanding, okay, it might not make complete sense to me. Uh, it might not even be the way that I would have done it. But, you know, 
we're playing checkers and he's playing chess kind of thing, right? <laughs> like there is a greater picture that he has yeah. that we don't. So I don't think that's just that that limits us and says, well, don't ask questions, mm-hmm. don't seek hard truths, whatever. I think it should just be like we have to do that with the understanding that on the other side of it, we might get answers. They might not be the answers we wanted, yeah, right? But we still will get answers in the midst of our doubt. Yeah, and a lot of times too, like – whether it's like you're going through like doubt or even just like a specific situation where you have those questions of like, Lord, like, why are you doing this? And like, you may not know until like Mm -hmm. after the fact. And that's Mm -hmm. usually the case. But sometimes also if you ask him like, Lord, what do I need to know from you? Like about this, whatever, or how do you want me to handle this situation or conversation or whatever and get his perspective? Like he is faithful to give what he like sees fit but you also have to have that relationship with him Mm -hmm. in order to like be able to listen to the holy spirit whether it's having those doubts or any other type of situation you can go through yeah yeah so how has the lord used your doubt for your good and his glory I, i would say for just for me personally um i mean i i reached i mean my i mentioned it earlier but i had a I had a moment that was definitely an emotional experience as a high schooler that God cl- very clearly revealed himself to me. So I had, I had had this emotional moment that I knew was God, but I still had all these intellectual questions. So I think that for me, I, I, I stepped into a relationship with God going, okay, I know what I experienced. Now I need facts that can back that up. And so I think that like I have learned that, okay, I, I, I can ask hard questions. I can do the research. I can, and it's given me the freedom, I think, to do that personally um, and to truly develop a relationship with the Lord that is based upon what, what I would, I say I discovered, not as if I'm discovering new things about God, but like that I have mined, so to speak. And it's not been like somebody else, like they mined it and then showed me what they found. Like I've been able to look and say, okay, well, someone says you can trust that Jesus actually rose from the dead. I know why I can trust that because I've mm-hmm. doubted that and dug into it. Or like you can trust that like the Bible is, is, you know, like it's trustworthy and you can believe. Well, I know that I can do that because I've doubted that mm-hmm. fact and dug in. So I would say that first for me, but I, for my good, but like for his glory, I mean, I'm a pastor and every week I have conversations with people who are doubting God. Mm-hmm. It could be on an intellectual level. It could be on an emotional level. Uh, and I genuinely can, you know, when it comes to ministry, uh, I heard someone once say that there's like three ways pastors can do ministry. Um, when it comes to people, uh, you can have apathy, you can have sympathy, or you can have empathy. Like apathy is like, I don't care about other people. I don't care. I just do my thing. I preach my sermons. I write my books. I just, you know, whatever. I live in my own bubble. Sympathy is like, oh, like you have your problems and like that, that really stinks for you, but I'm over here doing my thing, but I, I care about you and I pray for you. But the best leaders, the best even I would say, not just pastors, but followers of Jesus are those who have empathy. Mm. And empathy is your pain in my heart. Like I'm in it with you. And I think that when it comes to doubt, like there's a lot of things that people go through that I, I, I try my best to be empathetic towards, but it's like, it's work, right? Like I didn't go through that. Like I didn't experience that. Right. So like, I want to be empathetic and I'm trying my hardest to, but there's a limit to my empathy there. And thank God, like, that's why the church exists, because it's not mm-hmm. just about one person and them being empathetic and whatever. But I would say that on, a, on when it comes to this topic, I can be empathetic with you. I can look at someone who is about to throw their whole faith away and say, I get it. I, I know the stress and the pain you have right now. I can look at the person who is just like, 
has question after question after question after question. And once I get an answer to this one, it's like a new one pops up and I can go, dude, I have been there. I know where you are. And I've been there in both facets. I've been there in the intellectual aspect, but I've been there in the emotional aspect where I've needed God to come through and he hasn't, or I've prayed a prayer and he hasn't answered. Like, so I think that like God has used that for his glory because I'm able to like, in the same way that Jesus, like he sympathizes with us and, and, and leans in with us in our weakness. I, I attempt to do that with others. Mm-hmm. And I think I can show them a picture of Christ that is not like un- unapproachable, but truly is like I can do my best to be a picture of Christ to them and say, no, I'm, I'm in it with you. Let's ask questions. Let's study. Let's read. And then you can throw things at me. You can you can say whatever you want, and it's not going to turn me away from you. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to consistently try to say, look, like Thomas, like, hey, here's the scars. What do you think about that? What about this angle? What about that angle? That kind of thing. I love that. Yeah. That's so. That's such a good, such a good way that just how he has used it for your good and his glory. I think the biggest thing that comes to mind when I look back on my season of doubt is now being able to see how the Lord like so faithfully met me where I was, and He's done that. I mean, over and over and over in my life, my family's life, my friends' lives. Uh, but when you're in that season and you're like, you just like it kind of just goes out the window. Yeah. Um, but he didn't force me to come back to him. And that's just the nature and character of God. Like he's going to gently pursue you and like, but he gives you that free will too. But he slowly and gently pursued my heart for months and like in the moment and in the season, I didn't see that. But now looking back, I'm like, oh my gosh, like from like the, like one moment that I like that question and entered into my mind, like he was still like pursuing my heart and I think about a quote from a Good Friday video that Passion City Church released a few years back that's like my favorite one ever. But the last part of the video says, and even if I doubted, never followed you, you humbled yourself and to death, followed through taking up my cross, brutal and rugged, because your name is love and my name is beloved. Mm. And I know I won't ever be able to like comprehend this, but like what a love. Like I'm like, that's like, I mean, I feel like I see a quote that goes like around on Facebook or Instagram every once in a while that's just like talking about like I think it's usually around like Easter time but like he died on the cross like like knowing that I may never follow him and he still did it and Mm. like love him and I'm like that's like a kind of love that like I can live for and I want to live for Mm -hmm. Um, but he has loved me so deeply even when I didn't choose to love him back in that season and because of the doubt I experienced and seeing how it has forever changed my walk with the Lord I can now be confident in knowing who the Lord is mm-hmm. and rest in the fact that even in the hard, ugly, and messy things of life, he's all-knowing and he's good in all things. And kind of like we've talked about some too, like just seeing his character proven like over and over and over again because yeah. the things that are written about who he is in the Bible really are true. And his like word will never return void. And looking back on this past season, I just walked through Recently, I had so many unknowns of what the rest of this year would hold, and I'd every right to be anxious, doubt the Lord wouldn't come through, have confusion, you name it. But I had such a deep peace and trust in the Lord, which was very new for me. <laughs> um, and but there were people who like asked me like why I was like how I wasn't worried or how I was so nonchalant about it. But I just kept telling them like I just knew like that the Lord has been, is, and always will be faithful. And nothing surprises him. And he is good. His plans for our life are good. And his love is good. His promises are good. His character is good. And his word is good. So my one 
thing for any of you guys who are listening is to take heart, even in the doubt. He hasn't ever failed and he won't start now. Is there anything else you want to add as we wrap up? Yeah, I mean, I think a couple things. Probably like one, uh, you know, again, the, I think the remedy for our doubt is, is, is trust. And again, I mean, go back to the garden, the serpent, he got Adam and Eve to sin by getting them to first doubt. Mm. Right. And so I think the remedy of doubt is trust, but trust is a muscle that it only grows as you exercise it. Mm. And I mean, you think about like, I, again, I don't know who I was listening, but you know, I, when it comes to like flying in an airplane, like I've flown an airplane so many times. Right. And I know it's a weird flex, but I remember like one of the first times I ever flew when I was a little, little kid and like, like even the first couple of times if the plane would take off and then land and every time I would like grab the grip and like, I'd be like, okay, well maybe, maybe it's not going to work this time, like whatever. But the more I've done it, now I get on a plane, I don't even put the headphones in and like, I'm like asleep before it even takes off. Why? <laughs> Cause like I, I trust, I know what to mm-hmm. expect. I think the same thing is true for you in relationship with the Lord is that like, uh, one of the best ways to grow in your trust is put God on trial, so to speak. Mm. Don't think he's good. Well, put him in a situation where like all you have is him and see if he's good or not. Right. Mm. It's trust the muscle that grows over time. So you're not going to have it overnight. It's going to take consistency over time. Yeah. Then I think second, like to go back to your example of Thomas, I mean, Thomas doubted, but Jesus died for him mm. knowing he would doubt like what you just said. Um, so take heart again, like you, you said, the, the take heart and, and, and don't feel like you're in this moment. Like God's love for you is not contingent upon your faith in him. Mm-hmm. God's love for you is not contingent upon the amount of belief or unbelief you have in him. So take heart and know that like you are free to struggle. You're not struggling to try to be free. Like the cross has given you that freedom. Mm-hmm. You're justified in Christ and you're declared righteous. And so because of that, you, you're not trying to maintain righteousness. It's been given to you. So just know that you have a God who, even though you might doubt him and even his character, like his love for you is not contingent upon that. I love that. That's such good reminders. Well, Chris, thank you so much for, again, for joining in on this conversation and sharing some of your story and your wisdom and all things. Yeah. Well, thank you again. I'm really grateful to be a part of it. And uh, it was an honor. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode. I hope you walk away feeling encouraged. Join us next week as we dive into the topic of shame and guilt. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and follow us on our social media at Desire His Renown. Hope you guys have the best week ever.